Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And, the, and the, the fact is that he did. But he said the same God, not a different one. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners uh, spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. And of course, we don't use that term divers. Uh, but it just means that's the word we get, uh, our word diverse. So God, who at various times, sundry times, different times, uh, and in different or diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. And therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? <clears throat> now, the Lord uh, is setting forth here in the book of Hebrews, and of course it's specifically addressed to the Jews, and uh 
pointing out the fact that God had in various manners spoken to them in times past. He spoke to Abraham when he called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, he spoke to them uh, through Moses when he gave them the law. Uh, he spoke to them uh, through David when he gave the Psalms. He spoke to them in many ways down through the years through the prophets. And he had ministered to them. Uh, Paul says over in uh, the uh, book of Romans, he said, What advantage then hath the Jew? He said, Much in every way. For God hath committed unto them the oracles of God. That is, the prophets of God were sent to the nation of Israel. So that they are, of all people on the earth, insofar as a fleshly blessing is concerned, they have been, it has been given to them in, the, in throughout their history because the Lord didn't send the, the, the word of God through the prophets to the Hottentots or the Mau Maus or, or to any other tribe on the earth, but he gave it to the Jews. And, and this was a great blessing. It, it shows the purpose of God in sending his, his words to a specific people. And, of course, we know that, uh, as the Jews don't understand, but we see uh, more clearly than they, because we have a greater revelation than they had, because that's what he says here, that we see that those who are the elect of God which have always been the elect of God, were not those who necessarily came forth out of Jacob's loins and called it uh, the, the house of Israel after, uh, the, after the flesh, but rather those who were chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world. But in order to set forth to these Hebrews that that, that is not a change that has taken place, but he's pointing out that there is a more clear and more plain setting forth of the truth of God that this is the, the, the same truth that the, or the same God who set forth the truth in the beginning by giving it in various matters, in divers matters, uh, by the prophets in times past. He said, that's time past. That's overdone with. That used to be the way it was. And the Jews could say, well, the Lord gave us the prophets. And the, and the, the fact is that he did. But he said, the same God, not a different one. And God didn't change his mind. He said, but God did this in order to show this. And he says, God, who at sundry times various times, and in different ways, spoke in times past unto the Father by the prophets. Now, here's the problem that the Jews have, is that they can't get over living in the past. And they go about to establish their righteousness because they say, well, this is an ancient religion. I mean, look, before Christianity ever came along, we were, we were here. We were established. Now, you could understand if you were raised in Judaism that you would have that mindset by nature, would you not? I would. I mean, don't we 
consider something as old as being, well, that's better than something new. <laughs> you know, well, that's been around for a long time. So it's just natural that the Jews would think that, well, hey, our religion's older than yours. Is Well, you come along, Johnny, come lately. But you see, the Scripture says God did this in times past. But he said now. You see, now <laughs> there has been a clearer revelation set for God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers, unto the Jews, by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Jews. So if a Jew comes along and says, well, God spoke to us by Isaiah, that's fact. He did speak to him by Isaiah in time past. But the Father has spoken to his people whether they be Jew, Gentile, or whatever, in the present time through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that the message does not come through the prophets. Now, can we benefit from what we read in the prophets? Of course we can, because of this reason. The prophets prophesied. What did they prophesy of? That's right. They prophesied of Christ who would come. And so what what the writer of Hebrews here is saying is that all of those prophets spoke to us of this coming one, this one who would come, and he has come. And so God who spoke to us in times past by the prophets has now spoken to us by the Son. We're not waiting on prophets. Now, you, you, can, uh, there's, you can go on TV and radio and whatnot, and you'll hear some guy saying, this is prophet so-and-so. I mean, you know, well, he's telling a lie. Now, I'm not saying there are not people who prophesy in the present time, but there is one prophet to whom we are desirous of hearing, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Lord didn't speak to us through divers prophets in the present time. He's spoken to us through one. And any man coming claiming to be a prophet now that does not speak concerning Christ and Christ alone is not prophesying. He's doing something else. The Lord didn't call out a bunch of fortune tellers, but he called out men to declare this one who declares himself whom he says we have received, hath in these last days, he has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed the heir of all things. Now the Jews will tell you, and they will fight to the death, I'm talking about Jews in the flesh, that they are the heirs of a piece of land over in the, east, the, the Mideast over there. They say, this is our inheritance. Well, after the flesh, I wouldn't argue with them a bit in the world because the Lord promised that uh, unto Abraham and, and uh, whether those people that are over there nowadays claiming to be the Jews are indeed the Jews, I don't know. But I do know this, that that's not the inheritance of the people of God. 
And oh, this world's going to be burned up, so it doesn't make any difference what kind of an inheritance there is. But the heir of all things is the one that I'm interested in being connected with. And that's what he's saying here. He's the heir of all things. You, know, you, you can kill somebody over being the heir of a piece of property in this world, and what benefit is it to you? But the one who is the heir of all things, you see, he is the inheritor of that which belongs to his father. He's the only rightful heir. Now, those that would overturn the gospel, what they they want to do is they want to become, they want to get his inheritance. But he's the inheritor of all things. And he is that one by whom, the scripture says, he made the world. Now, we don't believe in three gods. We believe there's one God. And we believe, according to the revelation that we have of what Scripture says, that the only way that any man can ever know who God is is by knowing who Jesus Christ is. You cannot know God apart from knowing Jesus Christ because he is God. Now, there's been many words written about what's called the Trinity. You won't find that term in the Scripture. You will find mentioned the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And indeed, there there is the revelation of God as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But, But there is one God. And there's one method, means, and person through which that God has ever revealed himself. And it is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he in these last days has made that more manifest than ever before. And it is by him that he made the world, that it is through Jesus Christ. He is that one. You see, no man hath seen God at any time. That's what Scripture says. It says he dwells in the light to which no man can approach. How can a man know him? How can a man approach to him? See, people just think, well, I get in trouble, I'll call on God. Well, how can you? Because he's inapproachable. A man just out here in the world, he can't just call on God anytime he gets ready to. Why? How can he? He can't approach to it. There's one way that a man can approach unto God, and that is through the revelation that he's given of himself in Jesus Christ. He is the one whom God has spoken through. And so we, if we would know God, we must know the Son. That's what he said to Philip. He said, Philip, have, have I been so long with you and you've not known me? He that hath seen me. Now think about this. Think about how clear this is. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He said, I and the Father are one. He said, Philip, they're not, the Father's not sitting over there somewhere while I'm here, and you can see me, and then you go over there and see the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Isn't that what the 
the prophet told the Jews his name would be called the everlasting father. <laughs> he is he has got that. That's just as plain as the nose on your face. There, there's no way around that, dear brethren. Jesus Christ does not occupy some lesser place. Some have tried to make a hierarchy in the Godhead and say, well, here you got the Father, and then you got the Son, and then you got the Spirit. No. No, He's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He's revealed Himself to men as a man so that men might see who He is in the Son. He said, it's necessary for me to go away that I might send my Spirit, and as the Spirit some different one than the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> Is it not the Spirit of Christ? So when he went away, he went away in the flesh, but he has not gone away in the sense that he has abandoned us. By whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory. How can a man see the glory of God? No man, he told Moses, no man can see me and live. You can't see it. But, but what did he do? He says, I'm going, to make, I'm going to make my goodness pass before you. You see, the Lord has revealed his goodness in Jesus Christ. And he has manifested his mercy to us in Jesus Christ. That's who we see when Jesus Christ walked upon the earth. What did we see? We saw him performing good deeds, doing good things, helping men, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind. Why? Because God would reveal his glory in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as a perfect man, as that one who walked among men, as that one who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person. The express image of whose person? The express image of the person of God. That's exactly what he says here. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. What is an image? It, it, it's, the, it, it's the essence of what it is. You see, it, it, your image, you, you have an image, John. And, and we're looking at your image. Now, because I don't see your image doesn't mean you don't exist. Because you may be in Bradford. I, I can't see your image, but, I, I, but you're still who you are. But you see, I can see his image because he's there. And so when the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world, he is the express image of the Father. <laughs> You're never going to see the Father apart from seeing Christ. And when you see Christ, you've seen the Father because he is the express image and the, and, uh, of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. You see, Jesus Christ didn't come into the world with a lesser power, but he came with the power of God. Why? Because he is God. And he came into the world. 
upholding all things by the word of his power, upholding all things, the world. Did he not demonstrate that when he came walking upon the sea? I mean, when, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, when he did all of the miracles that he performed, did he not demonstrate that he was the upholder of all things by the word of his power? I mean, was there anything that he said that did not come to pass? Was there anything that he sought to do that he failed at? Everything that he set out to do, he did. And then look at what he says. He said, now this one who is God, when he had by himself, not in with anyone's assistance, but when he had by himself, that is, he did not need any other offering to purge the sin of his people but himself. And when he had by himself purged our sin. Now keep in mind, again, who he's writing to. Writing to the Jews. Now the Jews thought our sins are purged by all these offerings. He says here, he has purged our sins. I mean, that's really the message of the book of Hebrews, if you read through it, is to show that Jesus Christ is that great high priest who's entered in once into the holy place, and he has obtained the eternal redemption. He got it. He didn't make an attempt at it. He didn't do the best he could. He didn't lay out the groundwork and wait for men to come along and do something that would make it useful or work, but rather when he had by himself purged our sins. He did it. He purged it. He took it away. Now, if something's taken away, it can't be there, can it? I mean, if you chop your finger off, you don't go uh, and expect your finger to be there, do you? If Christ purged our sin, you don't expect that the sin would be there, would you? How could it be if he purged it? And so he purged our sin, and he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So he did not cease to be God at any point in time because he could not cease to be what he was, what he is. But he came into the world as that that perfect redeemer. And when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, is there a... Does the throne have three seats? (laughs) The throne of heaven has one seat. And when when the Scripture speaks of him sitting at the right hand, it's not that he's in a secondary position. It's so that he is the place of power. You see, the right hand is the place of power. He is the right-hand man. He is that one who came to do the work of Almighty God. And when he had finished that work, he sat down. Why? Because there wasn't anything left to do. The same thing that we get in the picture in the study that Brother Al's doing. That God rested from his work. He saw it. He said, it's good. 
just like I wanted it to be. And he sat down, and that was it. He didn't rest because he was tired. Jesus Christ didn't sit down on the throne because he was tired. And said, man, I'm glad that's over with. No. He purposed to do it, and he accomplished it. And when he had accomplished it, there wasn't anything left to do, and so he sat down because the work was done. And he sat down right at the same place where he was when he came. Now, you see, the amazing thing is, is that he did come, is it not? I mean, think about that. Insofar as men are concerned, there was no, the Lord was under no obligation to do any of this, but he ordered all of these things to occur because it pleased him. And he would manifest the glory of his grace and demonstrate his goodness. See, the world exists that God might demonstrate his goodness because he would demonstrate his glory. And he said to Moses, he said, Moses, you can't see my face, but he said, what I'm going to do is, he says, I'm going to proclaim my goodness before you. He says, I'm going to declare it and I'm going to manifest it to you. And so it is that in Jesus Christ we see that. And then it says something here that's interesting. It says, being made so much better than the angel. Now, some have taken that. In fact, I think the Jehovah's Witnesses do take this particular phrase. And they say, see there, Jesus Christ was made. Now, it, it doesn't say here he was created. But it's pointing out the fact that by by reason of the evidence that's set before us as to who Jesus Christ was, he was made greater than the angels. We see him in this fashion that he is made greater than the angels. Not that he was created in some fashion and then he became greater than the angels. No, he is greater than the angels. And he's shown that to us. See, the only place that, that the Lord Jesus Christ has made the saviors in our, our minds is not he is the Savior. Now, he has made the Savior in our mind because we see him as that. And so in this understanding, we see he's made better than the angels, not that he's created, but that he is better than the angels. He's made better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, the Scripture has some to say about angels. Some people get all hung up and caught up about angels, but it is important that we understand that the angels do occupy a place of great importance in the overall realm of the kingdom of God. They are high angelic, they're high creatures. They're creatures that have greater spiritual power than we have in the sense of that they were created before we were. And they are those who are in the presence of God. They are those whom the various prophets have seen. They're surrounding the throne of God. Now, we don't know a whole lot about the angels, but we do know according to the testimony of Stephen, and I won't go there and read it, but if you'll read what Stephen said concerning the giving of the law, 
And we have the reference to it here in the book of Hebrews and also, I think, in the book of uh, James. But it speaks about the fact that the law was ordained by angels. That is, the Lord brought it to Moses through the angels. If you read, especially when you read uh, Stephen's testimony at, before he was stoned, that this was the means whereby the Lord used them. Now, the Lord has used angels down through the ages. He continues to use angels. The angels were sent as ministering spirits to the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was in the garden, said the angels ministered to him because he was in a state of great weakness. Now, brother, that's just a, when I read that, I just, I, I cannot comprehend it. I don't know. I don't understand it. I can't see it. But yet I know and I understand that it's, it's telling us that of the fact that Jesus Christ was in all points tempted like as we are. He was brought into the same place as we are. He has experienced firsthand that which we have experienced. But he's made much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name today. Now, as great as the angels are, as great as they are, he hath obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, they they have a great name. And they have great power. You remember when... Uh, when Gehazi was uh, fearing uh, about that uh, that Ben-Hadad's armies were going to come out there and, and destroy him, and he was all fearful. And uh, and Elijah, he was just twiddling his thumbs. He wasn't worried at all. And he said, Lord, show, show Gehazi, show thy servant what I see. And Gehazi's eyes were open and said, the hills all around him was covered with with uh, the angels on on with flaming swords. <laughs> and see, we we don't see the, the 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 realm in which the angels operate. We can't see it. But the Lord uses them, and they have a great place. But the, there's no compare. What he's saying here is there's no comparison between the Lord Jesus Christ and angels. Now, some of the Jews, they kind of thought that that Christ was somewhat of a, a maybe an angelic. There, there's been theories set forth that he was an angel. Some of these people that write these uh, flying saucer books and stuff like that, that's kind of like they... They, that's their view, kind of like that. The Lord Jesus Christ was like this great angel that came down there. Brother, the Lord Jesus Christ is not an angel. He made the angels. He's obtained a more excellent name than they. He is that one who who is the inheritor of all things, and he is that one who occupies the throne of glory. He's the one before whom the angels bow down and the angels get their orders. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee? Did he pick out one of the angels? No. 
You see, he is the only begotten Son of God. He is the inheritor. He didn't have to come along later to get it. He did not ordain an angel, but he said, Thou art my son, and he said, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. And remember, isn't that a true thing? Because the angels were the ones that brought the message to the to the shepherds, were they not? And said, suddenly... The heavens were filled with a, with a multitude of the heavenly host. And they said, this day, this day is born unto you a Savior. Peace, <laughs> peace and good tidings unto the earth. You see, the glory of God, the goodness of God is revealed to you this day. Go and see this one who's born. This day, oh no, the angels heralded his birth, but he hath obtained a more excellent name than they. And when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he brought him into the world, he came into the world, the first begotten. He said, let all the angels of God worship him. Now, brethren, if the angels of God which there are no higher creatures than. If the angels of God are commanded to worship Him, how much more so those of us who are of the dust of the earth, who have no standing. You see, the angels have a standing, do they not? They have a standing as those created powerful beings that surround the throne of God that move at the very command of God. And we are those who disobeyed God and, and disregarded His way, who, who willingly sinned and ignorantly sinned and gone contrary to His way. If He says to the angels who have a place of standing and power, worship Him, how much more so would it be? that the dust of the earth should raise up its voices in praise to him who is worthy of all praise, the Savior of sinners, the one who has demonstrated his goodness unto men in coming into the world for the express purpose of purging our sin. <laughs> That's a glorious thing. I mean, where, where, where is the place that a man would find a greater foundation upon which to base worship than that, that he is that one who's worthy, having obtained a more excellent name. May the Lord give us grace to worship him in spirit and truth, because that's the only way that he can be worshipped. All right. It was uh, Mike McGinnis. Um, you can find it on sermonaudio.com. The name of this particular one is Excellency of Christ. And uh, thank you all for coming in and joining, and uh, for Larry for willing to listen. Um, and uh, quite frankly, I find that, that message to be, oh, wonderful. And, uh, you know, somebody grew up a Mormon, 
and full of poison from false prophets to false teaching to false books to even a false god and false Christ to just hear the gospel being taught in its purity like I like we just heard in the past 35 minutes is a real blessing and a real rarity so oh Larry what do you think <laughs> I couldn't have said it better I you know I it's just it's it's a wonderful thing to hear the good news of the gospel proclaimed in all of its simpleness and and uh, you know it's just it is very rare it's very rare these days and uh, when we find it you know we want to hold on to it with, and we want to get all of it we can and you know, that's been my experience. I've listened to so many of his messages already. I just, you know. And, uh, yeah, why don't we call him and see if he would like to chat with us? Uh, yeah, let's try bit. it out. Let's, let's, let's try it. Um, yeah. Um, uh, let's see what, what I can do here. Call. And, uh, yeah, you know, somebody who grew up Mormon, like I said, uh, there's been, a, yeah, I have to be honest with you, I, could, I have wrestled with uh, with this and uh, the Trinity and... Uh, yeah, yeah. It's nice, it's nice to hear what he had, an honest answer about the whole thing. There we are. We do wrestle with it. But, you know, the, sure. the important thing is, is, like, who Jesus Christ is, that he is God. It reminds me of uh, when I did a show a while back with... Uh, a character on um, on uh, the internet and YouTube, Jaron uh, Jaronism, and uh, I and I said, you know, that the whole Bible is about Jesus, that Jesus is God, and you know, I look back and I go, that wasn't me saying that per se, <laughs> but you know, really, because I, I really didn't quite have the understanding. That, um, but I, I knew enough from reading the scriptures this past couple of years, and um, oh. but but just coming to that, that you know, because I I grown up a, a a Mormon in a Roman Catholic culture, the confusion that I have of who Jesus Christ is, and it was nice to hear the simple truth of who He is. And cutting away all the nonsense and getting straight to the point that he is God. That he created us, that he's our creator, that he's came for his elect, and that um, we have, that's our hope. Our hope is in him. Absolutely. And uh, I will see what happens. I, he might not answer it because it's calling via Skype. And a lot of times that freaks people out. They don't know. They don't know what they're. Well, he he answered today, and I called him via Skype. So, you know, he may, and he knows he is expecting a call from you. I didn't say when we would call. Of course, tonight is Friday night, and when, you know, I don't know what his family plans are. He runs a, he owns a little auto shop, and so he. He's got a little business, and so he may not be home yet. But we can give it a shot and see. Yeah, I've tried. I guess, 
but it doesn't look doesn't look like it happened. So uh, that's all right. Did you, you could, what did you get? The busy signal or what? I didn't get anything. Okay. Well, let me. Uh, let me try, I should try it again. Meantime, we can get back into reading Isaiah, or we can discuss what we listened to. I personally find I, I thought he did a wonderful job of covering a lot of bases, from dealing with uh, folks like myself, a group of Mormon, the prophets, modern day prophets, uh, false teaching of who Jesus Christ is, the Jehovah Witnesses, and and even Seventh Day, a lot of Seventh Day Adventists thinking that Jesus is an, is an angel. Um, you know what I mean? There's a lot. Yeah, of, yeah. He he covers a lot. Yeah, you know, people really don't really. You know, a lot of us have been falsely taught who Jesus Christ is. Uh, Roman Catholics that he's just simply, you know, the second person. You know what I mean? The, um, yeah. Let's see here. I'm trying to see. I I had written his home phone number down somewhere, and now it appears that I don't have it here in front of me. Are you serious? You want to talk? If it doesn't happen tonight, that's okay. I'd kind of like part- to. I'd like kind of like to talk to him because I'd like to hear. I'd like to have the other guests be able to, you know, be introduced to him and. Uh, well, we're all right here, if if that's possible, you know what I'm saying. And if it, I mean, it may not be God's timing, but uh, let's see. Here it is. Now, let me ask you a question. If I call him, um, well, Skype, how, you should be fine. He should still be on the show. He just be through your Skype connections. Okay, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try to do it. Uh, how do I add a call? How do I do that? Can you help me well, out on that? Okay. The first thing you do, you want to go up to uh, call phones. Up there, you know where it says at the top of the... Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm there. You know, okay, you, you, then you, you highlight that and put in the phone number. And you should have like a little keypad that comes up with All numbers. Right. Um, and then it's going to... Once you get the numbers in, you're going to hit the green button that's a phone. Says call, yeah. and then it will right. say add to group call. Okay. And make sure they add to group call because if you try to uh, call separately, then you it will knock you off the show. It has to be add to group call. I'll see, I'll see what I can do on this. Yeah, it's been a real joy. I, I tell you what, it's been. The best th- the medicine uh, therapy I've had so far going through this relapse has been listening to uh, you and, and Mike and Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's what I've been doing. And, and, but I've never phrased that. The, the most important one is actually reading the Word of God, but along with reading the Word of God, listening to you both. I mean, there's times when I can't read. I have to lay down. So, you know. So. Yeah. Oh, I hear it ringing. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, of course he may not. He may not be there, but uh, we'll leave him. A, we'll leave him a little message, and um, if if he has a voicemail, 
Hello. Please leave a message after the tone. Hi, Mike. This is Larry Phillips, and um, I'm here on a conference call with uh, myself and Michael Adams, who has been enjoying your messages, and some other great people on this call. We have Walter Stickle from Oregon, and uh, we had Baker's California, and uh, I don't know who who some of the other guests are, but um, we wanted to thank you for the wonderful uh, messages that we... What was the message we just listened to, Michael? Uh Oh my god. The excellence excellency of Christ, wasn't it? That's right. That's correct. You're right. Correct. Yeah. And uh so anyway, Michael would like to meet you and uh sometime have a program where you're able to, you know, expound on God's grace and 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 that a little bit more in a personal level. So have a have a great weekend and we'll look forward to uh to talking with you soon and um and we'll talk to you later. Bye for now. All right. Thank you. Now, let's see. How do I exit him from the okay? Should just uh and <laughs> this could be interesting. Uh well, should be just end anyway, so should be able to hang it up on him right there. So there should be like a little uh, like a red button type thing in your in your screen. Got it. Got it. Okay. okay. Oh well, we can get into reading uh, what we're supposed to do originally, but I I do appreciate let me do that. Sometimes it's just good to. I don't know if sometimes. I mean, it really was something I just needed. It's heavy on my heart. I understand, and I I liked what he had to say about. He used the example of Isaiah in there. And he made the distinction about the value, again, is the Old Testament prophets pointing to Christ. You know, and we don't we don't put a higher value on the Old Testament prophets than Christ. Christ is our prophet, priest, and king. <laughs> you know, right? And that and that and let's you know. I think another issue that he tackled too was this physical and spiritual uh, Israel and how. You know, as you're bringing it up and, and insinuating here, is it that, uh, you know, uh, whatever's going on over there, none of our business. Not our concern. Yeah, and, you know, he, he even said, hey, you know, they want to, you know, they want to claim the promises of God, of getting the land, so be it. And whether they're real Jews over there or not, that's not my issue. <laughs> and, you know, but he says, I'm not interested in any land. I'm interested, you know, he talked about the heavenly, you know, heavenly land, the inheritance, eternal inheritance, I think he said. So, yeah, and, and as Christians, followers of Jesus Christ and the true living God, that's what we're supposed to be focused on, not whether or not. <laughs> Some people that claim to be Jews have a right to some piece of land and this place that's going to be uh, turned to, to uh, it's going to be all burned up anyway. So, I thought well, if you want to if you want to work through chapter nine, we could do that. Uh, it's not sure. a real long chapter; it's only twenty-one verses, and uh, you know, it's a really wonderful chapter <laughs> because. Uh, it, it has a lot of significance to it. In fact, 
I'll start with verse 1. Nevertheless, the dim, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexations, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the Jordan way of the city beyond Jordan in the Galilee of the mountain. Of the mountain or the nation? Stations. Of the nations, yeah. <laughs> Although they, I guess that's uh, isn't that what mountains symbolically can mean too? Is, uh, yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> that's good. The people that walk in the darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in a land of shadow, the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath light shined. Can I stop you there? I want to. You want to see something really neat now? We got. We've got to go to Matthew 4, and um, I want to I show something to you all that's really cool. I mean, really neat. Um, and I'll have Michael read it, and then see if you can see any correlation. Read verse uh, thir- <laughs> 13 through 16. Okay, leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Copernicum, Capernaum, 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 I can't say it now, which is upon the sea of uh, coast and the borders of Zebulon and Nephilim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephilim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and of Galilee. And the people which said, and darkness saw a great light to them which said the region in the shadow of the death light is sprung up. My goodness. <laughs> I didn't I didn't yeah. know that one. Well I guess this yeah. does show that there it does reference it there, but I, as you said, you know, we we should try to spend some time looking at the references. Um, yeah, it's very, very helpful because you see Christ you know, is going back to Isaiah. And remember, we, by the way, we had quite an interesting event last night at uh, about, what, my time, 2 o'clock in the morning, your time, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 3.30. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, God, we we were God reading it. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you woke me up too. But we were reading in the 24th chapter of Luke of the account of... <clears throat> the people on the road to Emmaus and how it said that Christ opened unto them the, the, the all of the prophets and the Psalms and relayed to them out of that. And, and here he is doing it again. He's relaying to the people here. It says, In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum when he sat on the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephilim. <laughs> it says here that the very same thing in Isaiah about this, that this is what was going to happen, you know. And then he goes on, and, and this is a fulfillment of that of that prophecy. So it is very uh, relevant. Um, more, 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 one more amazing example of prophecy being fulfilled. Yes. And he, and so, is, he, he is the prophecy fulfillment. He's the fulfillment of all this prophecy. Yeah, we go back to this whole thing about just you know, 
the nation state of Israel and, and some genetic thing and peoples. We've been missing the boat completely. And he is it. He's the fulfillment of all the prophecy. Yes. Well, yes. That's the only thing that matters. He's the only thing that matters. And somehow, we uh, it's only by the mercy and grace of God that they can even recognize this. My whole that's life has right. been told one thing after another, marginalizing my my God is some guy in the, you know, some part of some three-man crew. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful, God, but no, you don't understand. Um, I, um, it's just... Uh, oh, it is. It's great. I, I, I mean, it's a... Yeah. I remember when my cousin... Little, I think he was about six or seven, and they were doing the little Christmas program like they always do, and they had the shepherds all dressed up. And his his job, he was supposed to go out and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, I present you the three wise men." And then they were going to have the wise men come across and do the present, cry, you know, the gifts and stuff. And I guess I don't know what cable. This, my cousin's name is Stuart. I don't know what came over him. He was, like I said, I think six years old. He comes out on the stage and says, ladies and gentlemen, I present you the three wise guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, the whole place just went down. But, you know, it's just a charade. It's, it's, you know, the, the wise men weren't even there at that count. It was a year later before the wise men showed up. And they all, anyway... Um, anyway, no, very good point. Very good point. But the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. What's it referring to there? You know, Our Jesus Lord, Christ. Christ, or God. Yes, Jesus Christ. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. You know, back to God's sovereignty over His revealing Himself to His people. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy they joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. So much of scripture talks about, you know, this paradox between the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats, the good seed and the bad seed, the seed that falls on stony ground, the seed that sprouts and so on. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, the staff his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian, for every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. So see, I left the best verse in the whole chapter for you, Michael, number six. <laughs> for unto us is born, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's all all capitalized. Wonderful, Counselor, God, Father, Prince of Peace. Go ahead, man. Yes. Of increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice.
from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Lord sent a word into Jacob, and it hath lightened upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, that say in the pride and stoutness of heart, the bricks have fallen, are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones, and sycamores are cut down, and we will change them into cedars. Can I, can I stop here? Okay, I'm, in verse 7, it's really important, because this dispels, again, setting up an earthly kingdom and an earthly government, because we see in the 7, it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. <laughs> Right. <laughs> not a thousand year reign, you know, not setting up a, a kingdom over in Israel. And then also it says, from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So he's talking here about an everlasting kingdom, not a temporary kingdom set up with animal sacrifices and, and all of that stuff. So I just wanted to make sure that we see that the difference. It's a very important difference, too. Um, <clears throat> yes, okay. Um, where are we at here? Okay, so what is this about this bricks are falling down and the, they will build huge stones and sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars? you know anything about that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Um, it, it'll, answer your, it'll answer your question if you go on further down. You always okay. ask, you ask such really good questions, but you know um, you're so antip- anticipatory that you'll you'll find. And and by the way, that is kind of a rule in Bible study. When you there's a reason why you have the question, the Holy Spirit puts those questions in. And you know what? What I found is the Holy Spirit always answers them. And so I'm going to let let's just read, and we'll we'll discover the answers here here in a minute. Okay. Therefore, the Lord shall set up the adversaries of uh, reason against them and join his enemies together. And the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with uh, Israel with open mouth, for all this his anger is not turned away but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel head and tail, branch and brush in one day. The ancient and honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teaches lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this, for the leaders of this people, caused them to err, and they are led of them, are destroyed. Therefore, the Lord shall have no joy in their young men; neither shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For every one is a hypocrite, and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. 
for the wickedness of wickedness burneth as a, as the fire it shall devour the briars and thorns and shall kindle in the thickets of the forest and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke through the, re- the wrath of the Lord of hosts is the land darkened and the people shall be as the fuel of fire no man shall s- spare his brother he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry and he shall eat on the left hand and they shall be and they shall not be satisfied they shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm that's terrible (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then uh, Manasseh Ephraim and Ephraim and Manasseh and they together shall be against Judah for all this his anger is not turned away but his hand is stretched out still and you know since we're not going to go into 10 I'm going to I'm going to commit the uh, uh, unpardonable sin. Uh, that, at least that's what uh, Michael Adams thinks when I jump ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but for for two chapters, he goes on and talks <clears throat> about this judgment of the Lord. And then we have to go back to chapter 11, verse 16, to see the answer and he goes on then and starts proclaiming the answer. And verse 16, it says, And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria like it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. And it says, we've got to go on a little bit further. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou wast angry with me, Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the well, water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. So, in answer to your earlier question, this was an example of his judgment (coughs) upon the bricks are falling down, and we see, you know, the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. I'm not saying that specifically there, but what this is really talking about is not only the birth of Jesus Christ, but his kingdom, and, you know, because he's the Prince of Peace, but before the Prince of Peace, you know, comes in salvation he also comes in judgment in another place in scripture it says judgment shall begin at the house of the lord and so but anyway it's uh i gave the short version there okay (laughs) sounds excellent so well i have a a really weird i guess it's because i'm not feeling so hot but um 
there's a, a suggestion I have for the folks listening, and, and, and you, my friend, Larry. We can listen to another recording from Mike, or we can open up for discussion. Uh, what would people prefer to do? Would you like to hear another great message from uh, Mike, or would you like to open up for discussion? Please let me know. If you want to open up a discussion, then we'll leave it open and you guys can call in if you like. And if not, then I think what I will do is I will uh, play another of one of Mike's uh, sermons. (laughs) (laughs) And you can go do your thing, what you need to do, Mike, or or Mike, uh, Larry, um, or you listen, have the family listen, whatever. um, And um, I could simply end the recording now, so. We have, we've done this for about an hour or so. Um, and just listen to another message. What do you think we should do? Anybody? Anybody going to respond? Yes, no. If nobody's going to respond, I will make the decision. <laughs> I will make the decision, and the decision will be that I will end the recording and we will play another uh, another sermon from Mike. And... Just be edified by it. This band is amazing. You know, you're a really great teacher, Larry. You really are. God has blessed you to be the teacher. And no, I'm not, you know, stroking the ego or puffing you up. You are. God's blessed you to be a great teacher. And, you know, Mike's been, he's a good, uh, what's what's this? Uh, He's just, he does a good sermon, doesn't he? Yeah, he's real good. He's a good orator. I mean, he's like, Paul, he's, like, he's like Paul. I mean, he gets up and, he, and like you said, he covers a lot of ground in a very short order, and he makes it uh, simple enough for someone with this, you know, eighth grade education can understand it. And and that's uh, that's not easy to do. <laughs> well, the problem is what I'm discovering is is that most of the people that are teaching or are, are orators don't know what they're talking about. That's right. That's what the issue is. So for us to be blessed enough to have uh, you be part of our lives, Larry, and uh, or someone like Walt, or, uh, and to listen to a guy like Micah, we're really fortunate. And, you know, it's funny, when I, when I think about it, and I listen to you or Mike or Walters, it makes me want to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> is this what well, church you know, is all supposed to be about all along? Oh, my goodness. You actually can learn something from going to church? It's not well, just that. what? Guess what? You know, again, uh, we've been in church. But church is not a place you go to. Right. <laughs> church, church is a is a position of the heart. We're brought, we're the bride of Christ, and we've had, if you want to call, it, we've had church here tonight. I mean, two or three are gathered together. We're in a little house church. You know, we can call it the uh, we can call it the My- Michael Adams House Church. Okay, or <laughs> what? I, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, but, uh, let's call it Sylvania because Sylvania gives light. Okay, Sylvania Grace House Church. Okay, uh, I'm, just, I'm being I'm being facetious. Okay, but you know I'm what it makes saying, you think of what it must have been like back in the day, and there must be still little nooks and crannies and places throughout the, the world where uh, you know these people, people, the God's children, still hear the message. Hey, I had a I have a friend of mine that preached in the Church at Ephesus. You know, he actually has been over and preached at the Church of Ephesus. It's still there, by the way, in Turkey. And uh, he said that was quite an experience to 
to be able to go in that little church of Ephesus and speak and preach. But anyway, yeah, I think you I think you got the great great idea there. Just uh, listen to a little bit of uh, Brother Michael McGinnis. McGinnis. You know what's really amazing is every time it's only time. Uh that's nice that he called. <laughs> uh, Who's that? Who was that? That's my little brother. He's the one that oh, okay. he's the one that just broke his foot and all that stuff. So. Oh, I got you. Okay. So it's his family's all calling all stuff. They never they never call until you and I uh, <laughs> get on do a show. It's funny. That's yeah. never, never so anyways, yeah, folks, we're going to listen to this. It's called The Captain of Our Salvation, and it's about 40 minutes. And then, uh, yeah, what I'll do is I'll end the recording so we don't have to worry about that one, and we'll just listen to it. It's, it's definitely worth the time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.